Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey. Hi. How are you? Hi, Kelly. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. I was actually wondering yeah. if we should do the, um, um, the link through the, through the computer. I couldn't, I couldn't see where it was. Oh, it um, it should have been in that email that I gave you. In the email? Let um, me try. Let me try if I can get it that way. And then, yeah. uh, how's the voice quality here. this way? What's that? Yeah, I was just saying you sound great here. I don't know that you need to, but let me forward. Um, let me see if I can't find that email and I'll forward it to you again. Oh, okay. Let's see. I had, I was like, oh, you know, I've already sent this to him. I don't need it. I deleted it. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, no, oh, do you, do you have it in front of you? I don't think it's here. Oh, uh, is it not? Okay, hold on. Uh, Let's see. Talk show. All right. Let me let me forward this to you. How's your day been? Oh man, busy. Monday. <laughs> Mondays are just so crazy. Okay. I remember that uh, from whenever I worked in the lab too. It was uh, Mondays were always crazy, but yeah. then whenever I moved, yeah. But then whenever I moved to microbiology, it was uh, uh, crazy, like busy and setups on Monday. But by Friday, we were really busy on the benches. Oh, I see. Yeah, people with last-minute requests before the weekend and all that. Yeah, yeah, and also like just the. Um, uh plates you know like the cultures would kind of pile up and the stuff that you're still working on from monday or st is still in and yeah maybe i should have a little bit of the paper open just to if we have to ever go back to that I spoke to Joshua today and he said we could probably um, All right. the online publication of this, but, but not the print.
All right, I've just sent you the, uh, and sent you the call in information again. Just send it. <clears throat> Let me see, I don't have it yet. Maybe it'll take a few seconds. How's your day going? Sanjay, uh, Sanjay, did you get it? No, not yet. Check my junk mail to see if it might have gone by accident there. Sanjay? Yeah, hi. Hello, Kelly, can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Kelly. Can't hear you. Uh, uh, I cannot hear you. Okay, I'm going to hang up and try again. Hello? Okay. Hi, Kelly. Can you hear me now? Hello? 
All right, I still can't hear you. That's so weird. Still can't hear me. Hmm. So I heard you before, and now I can't. Let's do this.
Virtue Live. This episode is Hey, Sanjay. Hey there. Hi, Kelly. Can you hear me now? Hello? Uh, can you hear me? Because I can't hear I can see your Hello? Hello? Can you hear me now? Hello? 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 Hi, Kelly. This is so Hello, can you hear me now? Hello? Can you hear me now? I can hear you, Kelly, but can you hear me? I can, yay. Okay, great. I don't know what I'm changed. I'm not sure what exactly happened, but I restarted my browser and here we are. Okay, that's great. <laughs> I'm so sorry for the technology uh, mix up here. Oh, that's all right. That's okay. All right, all right. well, um, so basically the, the call is recording now, so all we need to do is kind of get started. Um, okay. Uh, how, I don't want to butcher your last name. How do you say it? Mukopadye. Uh, Mukopadye. Yeah, that's perfect. Mukopadye, oh. Mukopadye. Yeah. Okay. So I'll do my little intro and then we'll uh, get started with the questions. Okay, great. All right, cool. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lab Medicine's podcast series. My name is Kelly Swales, and I'm the web editor for Lab Medicine. Joining us today is Dr. Sanjay Mukhopadhyay. He is the director of pulmonary pathology at the Cleveland Clinic, as well as a textbook author and an associate editor for our sister publication, AJCP. Today, he's going to discuss a study he co-authored that will appear in the American Journal for Clinical Pathology about the disease behind the vaping crisis. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, Kelly. Absolutely. Um, so you can, can you tell me a little bit about what this study is about? Yeah, uh, happy to. So, you know, this um, vaping sort of epidemic has taken off in the in the past couple of months. It's really become an, an, uh, an issue of national interest um, because there's just so many cases flowing through the system that um, one wouldn't expect. You know, vaping has been around for several years. People have been vaping for for a long time, but they haven't been getting acutely sick at this rate. So there's a lot of national attention focused on this disease. Um, and people are wondering, well, what really is going on? Why are people getting sick? What is the substance that's in this, um, you know, in the vaping fluid that's causing people to get sick? Is vaping really the cause or is something else the cause? Um, you know, how does this compare to, um, how does this compare to cigarettes, for example, to cigarette smoking? And then the way pathology comes in is people are wondering what 
is the underlying biology of the disease. Are these people getting some kind of infection? Are they getting some kind of a lipid pneumonia from some sort of an oil in the vape fluid? Or is this something else? So that's where pathology comes in. That's where you want somebody with expertise in looking at lung tissue to be able to help you out with what's going on in the lungs of this patient. So th that's the study we did. We looked at the biopsies, the lung biopsies from eight patients who had been vaping and had gotten sick after vaping. And um, these people had very, you know, varying symptoms, but usually they had some combination of cough and shortness of breath and fever. And then they got acutely sick. So they got, they had to come to the hospital and get admitted. And they had a biopsy at some time during their illness. So we looked at eight of those cases and we were able to tell, and if I confirm, that the lung is indeed injured in these patients. So there is evidence that, that something is causing lung injury in these patients. We could also tell to some extent that there was no infection in these, um, uh, in these biopsies. And we were also able to provide some evidence that this is not an oil um, or uh, lipid-induced uh, pneumonia, at least in terms of looking at the, the biopsy findings. So all of these findings are relatively new. Uh, virtually nobody else has looked at this um, uh, this set of material. And so this is a very, very new and exciting finding and potentially has uh, public health Im implications. So, uh, so tell me, what does this study, what does this study add to what we know about vaping? Okay, so what we know about vaping so far is mostly clinical information. We know that these patients are sick, that they, um, to some extent, can recover after being given corticosteroids. We know that a small fraction of patients actually die from vaping, but we had no idea what actually was going on in the lungs of these patients. So I would break it down into two things. We are, or, or maybe even three. One is we have evidence that uh, this injury is not caused by infection. This is not an infectious agent. It's not a, you know, a bacteria or a virus or a fungus. So that's one piece of information that we have that we didn't have before, is that there's no evidence of infection here. Second, we know that the uh, pathology of vaping is the pathology of acute, what we call acute lung injury. And that means lung injury that happens from any kind of a noxious stimulus or a toxin that will cause severe damage to the lung. So the classic examples of that are mustard gases and you know smoke inhalation and war gases, you know, things that if you inhale, they, they badly damage the lungs. And the pathology that we are seeing here is very similar to those kinds of chemical injuries. And the third thing that's new about this study is that uh, we have evidence that we that there is no really oil-related injury here. So as far as the novelty of the findings goes, there's only one other study that's looked at this, you know, constellation of findings on in biopsies. It just came out in the New England Journal of Medicine um, as a letter to the editor. And um, our findings are, are very, very similar to that paper. So we are really in, in, in agreement with that paper, which came, came out from the Mayo Clinic. So if, uh, correct me if I am misunderstanding. Uh, from what you're, you're saying to me, you can tell by pathology if a patient's lung disease is caused by vaping. Yes, yeah, so that's not exactly true. So you know, um, what we don't have from these, from these biopsies is a finding in the lung that is 
only seen in vaping as, and is not seen in anything else. So in other words, we do not have a specific finding that if you look at that under the microscope, you would say, hey, that has to be vaping and it can't be anything else. What you have is a finding that indicates severe damage to the lung, but doesn't really tell you what's causing that damage. So the only way you know that that's from vaping is because you have a history of vaping before the damage happened and you've excluded all the other things that could potentially cause that kind of an injury pattern. So you have a um, more more of an evidence of injury than a proof of vaping in, in the biopsies. Does that make sense? That does, that makes a lot of sense. Um, can you talk a little bit about what lipoid new, uh, pneumonia is? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, that is really what the debate currently is really centered around. And I just saw um, yesterday or today, another paper came out. This is in the journal Lung that said acute lipoid pneumonia due to vaping. And to some extent, we are pushing back against this um, theory that we think actually is, is incorrect. So let me try to explain that. Um, so in historically, there have been um, two types of lipid pneumonia that have been recognized by pathologists. And one is a type that you very commonly see in lung biopsies. Almost every day we see that in biopsies. And that's a cell called a macrophage. It just takes up lipid from dead and dying cells in the lung. It's just a normal process of sort of, um, you can almost thinking think of it as the cell taking out the garbage of, you know, from the house. You So the, if the house is the lung, the cell is just taking out the garbage and is loaded with the, the garbage from regular wear and tear. So what that does to the cell is makes it look a bit foamy. And that foamy look has traditionally been called endogenous pneumonia. And what that means is that the material in the cell is endogenous. That means it comes from within the lung. It's not exogenous, meaning it's not coming from outside the lung. And over the years, pathologists have recognized that this is, this is so common a finding that it's not even worthwhile to call this a pneumonia. In other words, it's not worth giving this a diagnosis. This is just something that happens in lungs, especially in abnormal lungs, that where the, you know, the, the, the airways are somehow blocked or narrowed. In those kinds of lungs, you get this finding a lot. And so that's the endogenous form of lipid pneumonia. And then there's the exogenous form of lipid pneumonia, which we know is a true disease or, or a true you know, um, disease with distinct findings. And that usually happens in, in people who are uh, predisposed to aspiration, meaning that they can't keep their stomach contents or, or what's in their um, you know, whole digestive system. They can't keep it in the digestive system. Instead, it tends to seep into the respiratory system, into the lungs. And what typically happens in those patients is if they're using an oily substance, like for example, the classic one is mineral oil for, for constipation. So if they're using mineral oil for constipation, instead of going into their stomach as, you, as they would uh, want it to happen, it goes into the lungs and in the lungs, then it causes this oily material that you can see under the microscope, looks very different than endogenous lipoid pneumonia. And so we call this entity exogenous lipoid pneumonia, and it indicates that you're, you're getting an oily substance introduced into the lung in an abnormal way. So what, what is happening now is because of a theory that vaping-induced injury is caused by an oily substance, people are looking for lipids in these lungs. So far, what's happened is they have looked at a specimen called a bronchoalveolar lavage, which means is basically a, a washout of the lungs, lung, um, biopsies 
And instead of looking at a real biopsy, you're looking at this washout specimen that has macrophages. And what they're doing is they're doing an, a stain called, uh, or, or a dye, they add a dye to it called an oil red O. And, the, and because the oil red O is positive in these cases, they have um, made the leap to, to thinking that this is a lipid pneumonia. In fact, what is probably happening is that these are just foamy macrophages from some sort of bronchial narrowing or airway disease. This is not true exogenous lipoid pneumonia. Now, we didn't know that till we saw the actual biopsies on these patients. And now that we've seen the biopsies, we have evidence that this is not exogenous lipoid pneumonia. Both the Mayo group and, the, and our own group have, uh, have confirmed that the features that we typically see when we aspirate an oily substance in the lung are absent in these patients. So that's really a new finding. I think for uh, the next coming months, maybe even years, we'll, there will be a very healthy debate on both sides as to whether this is an oil-related injury or not. And I think that our evidence shows this is not. Yeah, I was about to ask if we, if you thought that we'd be talking about this for a while. <laughs> I think we will. You know, I, the problem is that there are, in a sense, it's a boon as well as, as a problem. But the problem is there are many different people working on this at the same time. And, you know, clinical doctors or pulmonologists, infectious disease specialists, people from the CDC, there are just a lot more of them than there are pathologists. So the voices that you hear are predominantly of, of doctors of that kind. Also, they have more resources. They're coming out with the first papers. So their first impression tends to get a much wider audience than the impression of the pathology experts. So you will see some kind of a, I think, um, a back and forth, a tug of war between uh, people who think that this is because of an oil and will use the pathology to try and support that theory versus those who are actually seeing the pathology and can tell them that this is not an oily substance related uh, injury. Now, let me just add a caveat to that, Kelly, if I... So the yes, you absolutely can. Yeah, so just to be entirely clear, it is still possible that there is a lipid or oily substance that is the toxin that's causing this disease. It's just that we do not see it in a lung biopsy. In other words, this is not the classic picture you see when an oil seeps into the lung or an oily substance seeps into the lung. Could it be that vitamin E or some other oily thing is still toxic to the lung? It's, it is possible, theoretically. So I'm not saying the theory is wrong. I'm just saying the pathology doesn't support the theory. Is that clear? That is, that's really clear. Uh, yeah. Let me take a little bit of a left turn now. I just wanna ask you a question. Um, several, several years ago, I actually have a friend that got popcorn lung from uh, microwave popcorn. Mm -hmm. And um, she had told me that a uh, chemical that's in vapes is the same chemical that caused her popcorn lung disease. Uh, so is there any similarity from a pathology standpoint between these two entities? Is it, you know, can you, is, is the vaping disease that's coming out now, is it the same as popcorn lung or is it a completely different thing? That's a very good question. Um, let me give you an analogy, Kelly. Let, let, let's just... Um, bring in um, sort of an analogy to a day-to-day -day object so you it'll be easier to explain the anatomy of what's happening. So just imagine you have a sort of a tube that you're trying to inflate a balloon with. So you put a tube into that balloon and then you blow hard into that tube and then the balloon expands, right? So just imagine in your mind, that's what's going on in the lungs. So the tube is what we call the airways. So the bronchi and the bronchioles. That's what brings the air in from your mouth all the way to the lungs. So that's one part right. of the respiratory system. 
and then the balloon itself is the lung so the lung expands when when lung you know when air comes in through that tube so um the site of the injury in these two diseases is a little different so in popcorn lung what happens is that the tube that's bringing in the air into the balloon is actually narrowed because of the injurious agent in the in the microwave popcorn okay right so the tube itself is narrowed so when you get narrowing of the tube you can't breathe obviously because you're not able to bring in air into the lung for that reason and the reverse is also true the the air that is in the lung is unable to escape because the the tube is narrowed you know so it goes kind of both ways you there's air trapping in the lung and there's difficulty bringing air into the lung so it's really a problem of the airways it's a bad problem but it's an airway problem now if you look at what's happening in vaping i'd say there's sort of two components to this disease but what we are seeing in the lung biopsies is mainly a problem of the balloon not so much of a problem of the tube coming in so okay. what this chemical or whatever the the heat mixture of heat and chemical whatever is causing the injury we don't know yet is causing injury to the balloon itself and so we have microscopic features that we see in these biopsies that indicate there's lung damage happening in the balloon the balloon itself is damaged now is there a damage to the the tube coming into the balloon there seems to be some damage there too um, especially if you read the mayo clinic paper there seems to be injury of the actual uh, you know tube coming into the balloon too so there is an element of that but it's different than the kind of injury you see in popcorn lung so uh, the the short answer is these are two different things in terms of how the injury happens okay um and your uh, i guess i would say in your expert medical opinion do you think that vaping is as harmful as smoking um the answer to that is absolutely not it's not it's not as harmful you know it's hard there two two things that are bad but let me just give you some some you know perspective on how bad smoking is i mean smoking causes um as you know lung cancer right it predisposes to a lot of other cancers in the body it's a really it's a toxic mix of carcinogens that cause lots of cancers it causes damage to the balloon that we were just talking about you know the lung the lung itself and so it causes a thing called copd chronic obstructive pulmonary disease it causes bronchitis you know the damage to the airway itself the tube that's coming into the balloon it causes fibrosis in the lung so it, it causes stiffness of the lung it causes many many other problems in and in and many organ systems um and many smoking related diseases so smoking is absolutely terrible right on a on a on a ongoing basis uh, and really cannot be compared to vaping where we are not even sure what exactly is causing the problem from vaping and people have been vaping for years and we don't know whether those are, they've had any problems what is happening i think is something in a recent batch and this is my hypothesis that in a recent batch of cases something has contaminated these vape fluid um you know the the fluid in these vape devices especially right. the ones that contain thc it seems to be the ones that uh, contain thc have some sort of a contaminant that is causing injury in a small relatively small number of patients compared to smoking so the the short answer is vaping seems to be bad especially if you do it with thc but uh, is nowhere on the scale as smoking as bad as smoking is so let's uh, i want to go back a little bit to the uh, pathology to the actual pathology 
Uh, does pathology sure. give us any clues as to the cause of the sickness? Um, well, let's put it this way. Um, the pathology that we're seeing, the, the acute lung injury patterns that we're seeing in these biopsies, and we call them, you know, we, we give them technical terms in patho One is called organizing pneumonia. The other is called diffuse alveolar damage. These injury patterns are those that are uh, characteristic of anything that causes severe injury to the lung. So in that sense, we really don't know what kind of injury it might be. It could be a chemical injury. It could be a sort of drug type injury. It could be an uh, injury from heat. You know, all of those factors would look the same under the microscope. So in one sense, we really don't know what exactly is causing this uh, injury. On, in another way, you might say, well, you know, if it was a fungus or some sort of mycobacterial agent that would cause granulomas in the lung, and we know that these are not granulomas that we're seeing. If there were injury from a, an oil getting, you know, in, introduced into the lung, you would see exogenous lipoid pneumonia, and we're not seeing that. So I'd say we're, we're getting closer to figuring out what it is, but uh, certainly we do not have the answer. And even after knowing the pathology in the lungs, we still are not entirely sure you know what's causing the what's causing the injury we're we're getting closer but we're not all the way there yet so it sounds like to me that there might be some value in doing lung biopsies in these patients would you agree yes that's a good question that is that's actually a very good question because you could ask yourself well if the pathology doesn't tell you that somebody is getting you know it does doesn't pinpoint vaping as the cause then why would you do it and i would say the reason to do the pathology is one, to exclude something else, right? So if a, if a person comes in with fever and cough and shortness of breath is a relatively young, healthy person, the first thing that comes to most people's mind is, is this an infection? You know, is this just a garden variety pneumonia? So in that sense, the biopsy, one of the, the main pieces of information you get from a biopsy is, is this just, you know, an infection of the garden variety kind? So I think that's one major role that the biopsy plays is that it excludes, or at least helps to exclude infection. It also helps to exclude exogenous lipoid pneumonia or some other granulomatous inflammation. So I think that's really the main um, use of the biopsy. The second thing that the biopsy does is it confirms that the lung is indeed damaged. You know, it shows you that there is a microscopic evidence of lung damage. And so this is a serious illness. Um, but you can also say, well, could you get away with diagnosing a vaping-related illness without a biopsy? And I think the answer absolutely is yes. If you have the right clinical setting, you have the, the, a patient who is vaping, all the other microbiologic tests. I know you worked in microbiology before, Kelly. You know, if you've got all the cultures that are negative um, and you have the, a patient who is vaped and has the right, you know, radiologic images, do you absolutely need a biopsy? I don't think so. I don't think a biopsy is mandatory in that setting. So uh, what do you, you know, like regular people, what do lay people need to know about vaping? Okay, so let's try to what we know so far. So the first thing I would say is think about vaping as you are introducing into your lungs a mix of chemicals and heated chemicals, right? They're, they're chemicals and heat. And that's never a good thing. It's never a good thing. You are taking a chance every time you introduce that sick mix. So vaping is risky. That's the my, my number one um, take home message. Vaping is a risky thing to do. 
risk might be different depending on what you're vaping. So it's possible that vaping nicotine is actually less risky than vaping THC. I think that's really the case. So my second message would be, if you're vaping THC or anything that has a, you know, a tetrahydrocannabinol in it, do not vape it. Stop. That's very, very dangerous. The third message to the uh, to a general public would be, do not buy your vape fluid from an illicit source. Don't get it off the street. Don't get it off a, you know, a neighbor or something like that. That is very, very dangerous. It's possible that this contaminant or adulterant or whatever there is, is uh, specifically present in these. So I would say that's the most dangerous form of vaping is getting it off the street and vaping fluid. So that would be my take. What do you think uh, clinical doctors need to know about vaping? Um, I think uh, primary care docs need to be aware that um, for any patient, especially in the flu season, which is coming up now, that any patient who comes in with acute respiratory illness, especially with a young person, um, and it seems to be most of them are men, at least 70% of them are men. In our study, all of them were men. If you have a young um, man um, who, who's coming in with an acute respiratory illness, something that, that looks like the flu, I think in the current um, uh, day and age, at, at least in these months, you have to ask them if they have a history of vaping and include the possibility that their respiratory symptoms might be caused by vaping rather than action. So that they have, have to think of that in the differential diagnosis. In past years, you might not have thought that. You know, if somebody came in sick in the flu season, you might just assume that they have the flu. But I think you have to think broader now and ask people, especially young people, for a history of vaping. Ask them what they're vaping, how long they've done it, and whether their symptoms started after they started vaping. And what do you think other pathologists need to know about vaping? Um, pathologists, I think, need to know a couple of things. One is that you will get biopsies from these patients in, in the coming months. And especially if you look at lung biopsies, you're going to get requests uh, for um, you know oil red O staining and people will ask you, is this lung injury from vaping or not? So a couple of things you need to know are, so far the most commonly reported patterns are acute lung injury patterns, which is organizing pneumonia and diffuse alveolar damage. If you don't know what these are, send them to a lung pathology expert. Second, if your clinicians are asking you, is this lipoid pneumonia or not, familiarize yourself with what lipid pneumonia looks like by looking at you know, articles in the literature. Just read about lipoid pneumonia before you diagnose one of these cases. And number three, be aware that a, posited, a positive oil red O stain does not necessarily mean that the patient has exogenous lipoid pneumonia. That's very, very important to know that an a positive oil red O stain might not be specific uh, for a lipoid pneumonia. That's very, very important. Well, great. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk about your study and to talk to us a little bit about vaping. I certainly found it all very informative. I'm really looking forward to reading the study, and I think our listeners will as well. Thanks so much again for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. It's a very complicated topic, but we've uh, you've asked you know just wonderful questions, and hopefully people will learn something from this. All right, I think that that was it. Did you? How did you feel about that? Was that pretty good? I liked it. Yeah. What do you think? Did it? Um, 
did it flow smoothly do you think I think that it really did. Um, I, as I suspected, I thought that you would do well, like uh, like speaking without a script because you're so knowledgeable about the topic area. And I think it went, it went really, really well. Um, That's great. I'll, Thank you. You know, like I'll, I'll edit the uh, podcast a little bit. Like I'll take out like any weird uh, verbal stumbles, any weird pauses. Uh, I think there for a while we had a little bit of background noise. I'll take that out. Uh, but hopefully I'll be able to get this, or I should say, once I get it edited, I'll send it to the OUP folks and they'll hopefully have it on the website early part, either late this week or early part of next week. Okay, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Thank and you so much, Kelly. Thanks for doing it. So this is the o OUP website, right? That's where it'll be? That's where they host this? No, it'll be on, uh, it'll actually be on the Lab Medicine website. And uh, okay. I, think, I believe we have it on uh, iTunes as well. Oh, really? Okay, uh, great. Yeah, yeah. So um, whenever, I, whenever it goes live, I'll tweet it out from probably both the AJCP and the uh, Lab Medicine Twitter accounts, and I'll tag you in those. Yes, um, and if you could, you can just email me the link. I'll try to publicize as much as I can on my own, you know, on my professional Facebook page and stuff. We'll, we'll definitely oh, yeah, get along. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll send you the link once it goes live. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I know that I'm taking up your evening, so thank you so much for uh, for doing this. You're welcome, Kelly. Take care. And good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.